Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the 15th Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service is in our bulletins. We're going to begin with hymn number 399, To God Be the Glory. both now and in eternity, but I am truly sorry 
for the evil I have thought, spoken, and done, and for the sake of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. I now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, do you want to correct your sinful life? Then declare so by saying, yes. Yes. Upon this confession, I, as a called servant of the word, announce to you God's grace and the forgiveness of sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. reading for this 15th Sunday after Pentecost. It's from Proverbs chapter 25 verses 6 and 7 where we have Proverbs dealing with wisdom and humility. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence and do not claim a place among great men. It is better for him to say to you, come up here than for him to humiliate you before a nobleman. Alleluia. Your words, O Lord, became a joy to me and the delight of my heart. Alleluia. Alleluia. from Hebrews 13 verses 1 to 8 final encouragement exhortations in this epistle dealing with the subject of marriage being content and and dealing with following religious leaders keep on loving each other as brothers do not forget to entertain strangers for by doing so, by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives freed from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We'll sing our next hymn, hymn number 304, Jesus Sinners Does Receive.
When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow children of our Heavenly Father, through, through faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Several hundred years before Christ was born, there was a Persian shepherd who was promoted to the position of the prime minister in Persia. And this ended up causing a bit of an uproar because, well, he was a lowly shepherd and he was elevated to this high position. And, and he was given that high position because of his devotion, his dedication to the Persian king. But other high-ranking officials got angry about this because of, well, his original lowly position like that. And, and because of that, what happened is that the other officials, they decided that they wanted to try to find something about the new prime minister that they could use against him. But when they hounded him when they searched out his life and tried to find some some dirt that they could use against him they could find nothing except there was one thing that kind of struck them a little bit and that was once a week what he would do is he would go to this small room that he kept locked and he'd spend about an hour in that room and well the other high officials they were absolutely convinced that he must have in that little room stolen goods, goods that he had taken from the king. And so they went to the king and they thought, this is what we're going to use against him to try to discredit him, to make him look bad. The king doubted that there were stolen goods in there, that there was anything that he was doing wrong. He, he knew his faithful prime minister. But he allowed those other officials to break into that room and they were kind of surprised because the only thing they found in there was this this small bundle this small bundle that contained some old dilapidated shoes and an old rope and that what was was what was there well the king he asked the prime minister what this was all about and well his response he said I wore those things when I was a shepherd. I look at them regularly, lest I forget what I was and how unworthy I am of all the kindness and honor your majesty has bestowed on me. Today, what our Savior is doing is he's encouraging us to have an attitude like that prime minister, like him, 
Let's never forget who we are. Let's never forget who we are. When that prime minister remembered that he was a lowly shepherd and it was only because of the king's goodness that he had been elevated to the, to the position that he had, that motivated him to just continue to serve the king as faithfully and as best he could. And, well, likewise, when we remember who we were by nature, when we remember our sinful condition, what we deserve because of our sins, and when we remember that it's only because of the grace and love of God that we're, that we're children of God right now and heirs of heaven, doesn't that also motivate us to want to be as faithful servants of God as we can be and, and to serve our God as, as best as we can? So like that prime minister, let's never forget who we are. And as we remember who we are, we need to consider the temptation to pride and self-centeredness and then also the encouragement to humility and love. Jesus was invited to this home of a prominent Pharisee, oh, a couple of months before his crucifixion. And he was invited to that home, not for a relaxing evening where they would invite him, encourage him to preach and teach God's word to them, Rather, he was there, well, Luke tells us, he was being carefully watched. The Pharisee and his cronies, his cohorts, they were keeping a close eye on Jesus, looking for something that he might say or do that they could use against him to try to discredit him. They were hounding Jesus just as those high officials were hounding that prime minister trying to find something against him. And, and as those Persian officials could find nothing against the prime minister, so this Pharisee and his cohorts, they couldn't find anything to use against Jesus. But, but Jesus did find something against them. He did catch them. He couldn't help noticing how when they sat down for the dinner, how the Pharisees were all kind of hustling around trying to find the higher position, the positions of honor and respect at the dinner table. And this action on the part of those Pharisees, it wasn't unusual because in the Gospels, Jesus repeatedly mentions that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees love the places of honor as bank, at banquets and at the most and the most important seats in the synagogues. Their sinful pride, what it had done to them is it had tempted them to believe that they were something special, that they were better than others. And Likewise, we also have a sinful pride that is always tempting us to think that we're better than others as well. Now, we all have a sinful pride, just like this Pharisee, and because of that, 
We need the parable that Jesus tells in our reading for today. Jesus said, When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important seat. Jesus' point here is simple. When a person thinks of himself as being more important than others, then he's conceited and proud. And his sin of pride, it may be revealed, and it may end up humiliating him, but his sin of pride may be revealed, well, when it says here, when someone more important would show up and would end up, well, the host taking the seat away from the person who thought he deserved the high seat. But see, when Jesus is talking here, our Lord isn't just talking about vying for places of honor at special dinners. He's reminding us of that old proverb, pride cometh before the fall. By God's grace and only by God's grace are we God's believing children? So how can we ever look down on others and say, God, I thank thee that I'm not like these, these terrible people? Such pride, it'll get us into trouble kind of like it did for the Apostle Peter. And remember what happened to Peter. When, when Jesus warned Peter that he was going to deny Jesus three times, well, Peter proudly said, even if all fall away on account of you, I will never, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And we all know what happened. Peter did deny Christ three times. And from Peter, we do learn a valuable lesson that, oh, with God's help, hopefully we won't have to learn the hard way and stumble and fall like, like Peter did. Let's learn from Peter not to be proud or to think, you'll never catch me denying Christ or committing murder or committing adultery or doing drugs or embezzling money or using bad language or gossiping or, or Fill in the blank there. Never want to be thinking so highly of ourselves. Instead of boasting, let's never forget who we are. We're sinners. And as sinners, we'll often stumble and fall. And we need to keep asking our Savior for his help so that we can fight against those temptations to pride in our life. Well, the sin of pride, it's very closely related to self-centeredness, also addressed by Jesus in our, our reading for today. To the Pharisee who invited him to dinner, Jesus said, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. 
Now please understand here that Jesus isn't discouraging or prohibiting hospitality to friends or relatives or neighbors, people who are close to us, but he is warning us against giving to others only when we want to get something and perhaps more in return. Oh, for example, when inviting a rich guest or rich person, one may have the motive of inviting that person saying, well, he, she has so much, I'll do something nice for them and, and they'll do something so much more for me. That's self-centeredness. Just thinking of me, myself, and I as being the most important. Oh, the, the story is told of this man who had just been elected to the British Parliament. And what he decided to do is he took his family to London to show his family around, to give them a tour of the city, and when they came to Westminster Abbey, his eight-year-old daughter was just awestruck with the beauty, the magnificent of the buildings of, of, the, of Westminster Abbey and her proud father. Curious what she was thinking as she was looking around like that. He asked, and what, my child, are you thinking about? Her reply, Daddy. I was just thinking about how big you are in our house, but how small you look here. It was probably good for him to have his pride deflated by his young daughter instead of someone else like a more powerful political person. And we're blessed when we're reminded that we're weak but that our Savior is strong to save us. We're blessed when we're reminded that we're not more important than everybody else. We're not better than everybody else. We're weak, but our Savior is strong to save us. Oh, we're, we're all tempted to be proud and to be self-centered and the fact of the matter is, is that we're going to succumb to these temptations probably more often than we'd realize or than we'd hope, of course. But, but in our text, what we see Jesus then doing is giving us the encouragement to humility and love. Jesus says, but when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of your fellow guests. The person with a humble heart, he doesn't look on himself as being better than others. And, and if the person with a humble heart is invited to a higher position at the table, then he's not going to start boasting, but he's going to humbly and graciously accept the honor. Jesus gives us the perfect example of humbleness or humility in his life. And think of what the Apostle Paul said to the Philippian Christians. He said, 
your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. If anyone had the right to be proud, wouldn't it be Jesus, our Savior? He's the sinless Son of God. He is God, like the Father and the Holy Spirit, and that's why he was able to accomplish what he did. John tells us, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. He is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. But he didn't come into this world to boast. He didn't come into this world to boast. He came to suffer and die for us. And now let's follow his example. Of course, we can't suffer and die to pay for sins. That's because we're just sinful human beings. We can't do that. Jesus, the Christ, the God-man, he could and he did do that. As Christ, he came into the world, though, to humbly serve us. May God help us so that we're always ready to humbly serve our Savior and to serve one another as well. Instead of being self-centered, Jesus encourages us to love as he loves us. He said, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus lived and died for us, knowing right up front that we'd never be able to even begin paying him back. And his point is, is that what we'll want to do is show Christian love to one another. Love like Jesus showed to us. Love that is given without expecting that there would be love in return. Oh, whenever I counsel, whenever I counsel a married couple or a couple that's about to get married, the thing that I always will talk about is how important it is in the new relationship, in that relationship, that the foundation of their relationship be God's love. That needs to be the foundation of a Christian marriage. And that means that young people or well, older people shouldn't enter into marriage and people who've been married for a long time, they shouldn't be married thinking that they're going to be married just because they expect their spouse will make them happy and fulfilled. Rather, they should get married and live in marriage thinking about how much each of them can put into the marriage, how each of them can make their partner happy. Instead of a selfish love, that's an unselfish love like the love of our Savior. He loves us not to get our love back, but 
just because he loves us. Just because he loves us. And that's the kind of love our Savior would like to see in us toward one another. And there are so many opportunities for us to, to show that kind of unselfish love to others. There are always the, the poor and the needy. There are those people who are affected by the war in Ukraine. And there will be people who are affected by things like flooding and hurricanes and tornadoes and, and earthquakes. And let's never forget the best way that we can show love for one another. And that's by telling them about our Savior's love and forgiveness. That Persian prime minister, he never forgot who he was, that he had been a lowly shepherd and that really, humanly speaking, he never should have gotten to that position of being a, a prime minister. He never should have expected or gotten to that point. But now, when we say let's never forget who we are. We need to remember that by nature we're sinners and we would deserve God's wrath and punishment. But let's especially never forget who we are right now. By God's grace, we're forgiven. By God's grace, we're children of our Heavenly Father. By God's grace, we're heirs of eternal life in heaven. And, and because of Jesus and because of God's grace, we most definitely are the most blessed people in the world. Amen. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, preserve the congregation of believers with your never-failing mercy. Help us avoid whatever is wicked and harmful and guide us in the way that leads to our salvation. Help us always to remember who we are. Well, to remember our natural sinful condition, our natural lost condition, but then also to remember how blessed we are that now when we remember who we are, we know that by your grace and love because of what Jesus has done for us, we're children of God, believing children of God and heirs of heaven. We are the most blessed people in the world through faith in Jesus our Savior. We pray to you, O Christ, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we gather up all other prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you for joining me for worship today have a few announcements to share with you. Well, maybe one first. This afternoon, Ruth and I will be heading over to Wisconsin for a few days, leaving this afternoon, Sunday afternoon, getting back later Thursday. I have a Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary alumni meeting and a Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary Symposium that's on a Ministry of Compassion theme to go to. That's Monday and then Tuesday morning. After that, we'll be, well, we'll be spending time with Alexander, with my dad, with Ruth's brother Tim, and probably some other family members as well. In the congregation this week today is Diane Kennedy, Riley Kunkel, Don Nolte's birthdays, Monday, Shelley Janicki, Wednesday, Olivia Cole, Lyle Johnson, Colin Norder, Thursday, tragically then fall begins, but that's 
Damon Kelly Christmas's anniversary. Friday, Adam Greathouse has a birthday, and Saturday, Pete Dillingham and Kayla Wilzinski have birthdays. Um, please keep remembering in your prayers Paula Burris dealing with the potential of some leg infection again. Uh, please also keep Pat Bodell recovering yet from, from heart valve surgery and Stan Krawczyk dealing with shingles, the remnants of shingles. Please keep all these folks in your prayers and, and look at our prayer list for others that you can keep in your prayers. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. The Lord bless and keep you always. Amen.